right, we are back for stage eight and boy, oh boy, was it an exciting one. Lauren, how are you doing today? I told you yesterday, Abby, and all the listeners to strap in and it was going to be a great ride today and it really, really was. Um, I just finished watching the replay of um, the last 20 kilometers, I'm going to say, and it was just brilliant racing all round. I was so impressed once again by Trek Segafredo and how they just set up the race and um, just everything about it was, it was great bike racing and so exciting. And I just want to say, I called it. <laughs> I you called did call it, it. You totally called and it. And holy shit, yeah. she was so strong, Elisa. Um, but we will get into that. Yeah, it was, I mean, it's interesting for Trek Segafredo because they are still a new team. Like they're only two years old and this is, or this is their second year. So they're what a year old, I guess a year and a half old. And usually a team takes a while to kind of fall into a rhythm when they're, when they're that new. But what Trek Segafredo did was they hired a ton of riders who know what they're doing and have been in the sport. And they hired Ina and uh, Georgia Bronzini who have been in the sport for a really long time and know know how to handle, you know, a team and, and how to race their bikes. Mm -hmm. And by doing that, they've created this like powerhouse team that, yeah, maybe last year they didn't win as many races as we would have expected given the roster, but this year they are really coming into their own, especially Lizzie and Aliza. I mean, that duo is just like, what is? I said it in the preview. It is the friendship we never knew we needed. And they are just exceptional together and and yeah so quickly a rundown of what happened in the day it was actually there was some crosswinds in the beginning of the stage that kind of blew the race apart a little bit and caught a couple riders out Anna Vondebregen was in was in the front group of 25 with Kasha Niwadoma but Kasha had a couple teammates and Anna only had one teammate which is really interesting um, for Bowles Dolmans to miss a split a crosswind split, um, given that they're a Dutch team and they have a lot of experience. So you wouldn't really expect that from them, but it all came back together. A break of nine went on the midway point climb. Uh, it's like a six, six kilometer climb, 6%. So not a huge climb, but a break went on the descent, um, that included Corinne Rivera and Ruth Winder and a couple other strong riders. Lisa Brenauer crashed on the descent, actually. Um, we'll hear from Ruth in a minute uh, in her diary, but apparently it was a really, really sketchy descent and the road was really slick. Um, that break came back at the base of the final climb, the five kilometer, 5.6 kilometer climb that was about 8%. But the bottom slopes of the climb topped out at 13%. And we saw on the race recap that it was, whew, it looked so painful going up that climb. They were basically going slow motion. And I mean, these girls are freaking strong. So that is terrifying. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but it was Lizzie Dagnan who set the pace on the base of the climb. And she set a blistering pace that absolutely blew the Peloton to smithereens. It was her with a handful of really strong riders that have been featured in this race so far. Uh, there was Kashini Wadoma, Cecile Utrip-Ludic, Ashley Mullen-Passio, Leanne Lippert made it up there, Elisa Longo-Rigini, Andy, uh, Anna Vanda Bregan, 
And Anna Vandebregen was the one who made the first move, followed by Elisa Longo-Borghini and Michaela Harvey, the young rider on Akeep Polyka, who's in the young rider's jersey and is just having a phenomenal race. Um, and Michaela Harvey got dropped a little bit close to the end, but it was Elisa Longo-Borghini who took the stage win over Anna Vandebregen, who moved into the overall by a minute and 10 seconds over Kashiniwa Doma, who finished sixth a minute and 19 seconds down. So before we dive into the workings of the stage, let's hear from Ruth Winder. What a day, day eight. Um, Started out super windy. Uh, We kind of went uphill for 3K or something. And then with this descent and we were all kind of positioned up at the front, which was good. And then just, yeah, this super windy day and the group split up um, but we had Ellen and Elisa and Lizzie all in the front group and I was just behind them but with the entire polka team and they rolled that back eventually which was good and then we all were kind of in a bunch coming into we had a longer 9k climb before another tricky descent and kind of a bumpy hilly-ish road uh, before the hellish finish climb today Um, so yeah about on the 9k climb I went in a breakaway um, which was good. It had one of every team. It's been trying so hard for a breakaway for so long that it was funny. Ellen on the radio was like, it's a good day for a breakaway because we've been saying that every single day and every single day it's like, oh no, we're just trying and trying and trying and never ever getting in the breakaway. Um, but anyway, yeah, I found myself in a break. The descent was, um, yeah, so slippery. Lisa Bernauer crashed uh, I think she's totally fine. She got back in our breakaway. Both of my wheels, two wheel drifted around one corner. And I was like, oh, shoot. And so I said in the radio, like, just be careful, girls. It descends super slippery. And Lizzie said later, thanks for that feedback because it was good to know. And they stayed safe in the group behind. But the break, I feel like, just had this feeling of doom as we approached this finish climb, which is about three kilometers that averaged 10% or something ridiculous. Uh, and you could see it on this big wide road as you came towards it, just this wall in front of you. And you're like, oh my goodness. Um, but yeah, anyway, uh, break got caught just at just the beginning of the climb. But I could see Lizzie and Elisa were in super good position. And Lizzie was just doing doing everything she could for Elisa to keep her safe and keep the pace high on the climb. And at that point, Vanderbregen attacked, and Elisa, like the superstar she is, just followed um, Vanderbregen and won the sprint. So, super excited for Elisa. That's her first Jira uh, Rosa stage win. I'm pretty sure of her career, and it just means so much to her at the finish line. She's just such a good teammate, and she just says how she's so excited that she could get the win for the team, but I think it's so important for her um, to remember that she was doing it for herself as well, and is just such a lovely person to race for, and so cool to see her win that stage, and she uh, now is third on GC too, which is super awesome. Obviously, today was a bit different with missing Mitchelton, um, because of Van Vluten and Amanda Spratt out of the race yesterday, which is a really big bummer and no one wants to see their competitors crash that way out of a race. Um, But of course, we're still happy for our success today and happy for the way that the race went. Um, But yeah, so tomorrow's the last day. Uh, More hills. (laughs) It's just basically go up and down and up and down and up and down and up and down. I think three or four times over this, the same climb we do a loop around it. So, more climbing to finish off the Giro. What did you expect? Nothing different from that. 
and we'll see how it goes. I think we'll just have fun racing together and probably try for a breakaway. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, thanks for listening along. What should we tackle first? Aliza Longo-Rogini because it is just so exciting. This is it is her ninth time racing the Giro Rosa and her first stage win in nine years, which is just, oh, talk about getting the monkey off your back. I mean, exactly. And I have to say, whilst Anna, you know, initially did that attack off the back of Lizzie driving the pace, Elisa really drove it. Um, mm-hmm. She really, they were working super well together. Um, there might have been some sort of agreement, I'm not sure, but she led it with, I think, 1.2 kilometers to go um, when it really started kicking up, and she looked so strong. Um, there was a moment when Anna van der Breggen went past her or put in, like, a little bit of a dig, and then she was straight on the wheel, and she went straight past her again and just kept pushing the pace. So, you know, she's just shown to the world that, yeah, She's been in great form and she's finally gotten that win. And um, I wouldn't be surprised if next week at the World Championships we see uh, a battle between these two riders again. Absolutely. I think Aliza is really coming into form right in time for Worlds, which would be, oh my gosh, my heart maybe wouldn't be able to take it. <laughs> if she wins the the rainbow stripes, like I think not only her, but that that whole team will be so deserving of having everyone is deserving, right? But she is a is a rider that um, I've always really respected. Um, just her as an individual, not just an athlete. So I think it would be a really beautiful thing to see her take that that championship, particularly where it is this year. Yeah, I agree. It being in Italy for an Italian to win would just be, I mean, it'd be an emotional thing to watch. And Elisa in particular, who's had such a long career and she's had a lot of victories, a, a lot of prestigious victories in her career. But I mean, you can't really top the world championships. And she's just, I agree with you. Like she's such a deserving rider and she's so kind and she's a great teammate. And I like, I just can't say enough about her as a, as a person and as a rider. And that is, that is like when a rider wins a race, you know, you can be excited, but when a kind human being who is also a great bike racer wins a race it just makes it so much sweeter and I was holding back tears watching Elisa win because (laughs) it just it means so much to that team but it means so much to Elisa and she's just oh she's great I I'll try to get her on the podcast for maybe pre-worlds or post-worlds because I would love to hear from her and how how she is reacting to this this form that she's showing this season because it's just she's the strongest she's ever been right now yeah she's just in phenomenal form and the duo between her and lizzie it's great to see lizzie dignan riding so well too she has been such a um been playing a supporting role um with elisa during this tour i mean she's had some of her own chances um, today really was for Elisa, and in the previous races, Elisa's been backing her in those those final kilometers where both of them have been in the mix. So it's really nice, and it goes back to that whole thing that you know Trek Segafredo is a very talented bunch of riders, 
as is Bowles Dolman. But the difference between the two teams, in my opinion, is how they gel. And the the whole team is it's a family, and I'm sure you would know this as your partner is racing for the men's team. Um, but just some teams, I know like the Mitchell and Scott team, for example, I'm not sure how it is now, but it really had this family community feel and it was, yeah, it's just a really beautiful thing. And I think that's why, um, we're just seeing them be so successful. Yeah. And, and Bowles Dolmans is interesting because it's, it's like a top team in the sport, but they're very much a professional team environment and they treat it like a business. And you can mm-hmm. see it in the way that they race, that it's it's a job, that they are there to do a job. And of course, they're passionate. You have to be in women's racing. But it's a little bit different, the vibe that you get from Bulls Dolmans versus Trek Segafredo, which is you can see it in all of their um, like social medias and, and all of the footage and all of the posts that's, that come from the team of, of the team outside of the race, that they just all care so much for each other. Mm-hmm. And it elevates their racing style. And it's, you mentioned Lizzie Dagnan. She has not had a history of being, not being a team player. I'm not saying she's not a good team player, but she's never had to be before. She's been a top rider for a really long time. And for her to come into this race, being on the form that she is and sacrificing for Eliza, it speaks so highly to the environment of that team. And also to the connection that they have with each other as a team. And they're just, yeah, it's when a team is gels the way that Trek Segafredo does, you can just see it in the way that they race and the way that they ride for each other. And it makes it, you know, what it is, what cycling is. Mm -hmm. Men's racing doesn't really Mm -hmm. have it because they, they're all paid to do it. But like women's racing, they're barely paid anything and they have to have this passion if they, you know, want to be successful. Otherwise, what the heck is the point? Mm -hmm. And, and that's just so clear in the way that Trek Segafredo races. Granted, Trek Segafredo is probably one of the highest paid teams in the sport at this point. But but it's, yeah, but it's still like... The fact, yeah, the fact that they, they are is, is so fresh, I think in mm-hmm. their minds that they still have that passion that they would have had, you know, three years ago when a couple of them or like a majority of them probably weren't getting paid as much as they are now. Aliza yeah. and Lizzie have always been some of the highest paid riders in the sport. I know that Wiggle was pretty good about paying their top riders and Lizzie Dagnan is, you know, she was second Lizzie in Dagnan. London at the Olympics. <laughs> yeah. Like she's been at the top of the sport for eight yeah. years now. So it's a little bit different for those two, but, but the feeling of being in women's professional cycling is you have to have this passion and this team has this passion and they are putting it on display for everybody to see in the way that they're racing in the way that they are with each other. And, oh my gosh, I just, it's great. It's really I think great. just in general, Trek Segafredo have set a precedent of how I'd like to see women's cycling develop. Yeah, um, I agree. Yeah. In every aspect of how that team runs, the individuals that are in the team, like, you know, they could have their pick of any riders, right? But they do pick and choose who they bring into the team because it's, it doesn't matter if you're talented. If you're not going to gel and you're not going to fit into the dynamic that already exists, they won't even consider you. 
Yeah, they really take personality into account. And that is so important because if you have one bad egg, it will completely disrupt the entire the entire system of oh, a team. Oh, I firsthand witnessed that, um, what it did to a certain team I was on. One bad egg just... What did they spoil the whole apple cart? No, one bad apple spoils the apple cart or something. I know one of the listeners is going to be like, no, Lauren, you got it wrong again. But you get what I'm putting down. Yeah, I totally do. And and yeah, I experienced the same thing. It'll be interesting what happens going forward. I know that Trek is hiring a few new riders and, and getting rid of a couple of riders. So that will be interesting next year. But this year they are definitely the top team in the sport and they may not have the strongest rider in the peloton, which is Anamiek Van Vluten, but they com- combined are just on another level than any other team. And teams teams will see that and they will aspire to be like that, which will elevate the entire sport. Really quick before we keep talking about this, let's hear from Brody Chapman and how her day went. So today was very hard from the start. Um, it was important to be in position on the start line as there was no neutral and we headed up a climb, which then descended into some hectic crosswinds, something of which I'm relatively unexperienced in. Um, yeah, so the climb was ridden hard. I was in a good position there, so was the rest of our team. And... Uh, then it was just on. As soon as the descent was over, smack bang into the crosswinds, it was just on. And, uh, yeah, it was very hard. I didn't last that long in the first group, hung on to the second group for a while, and then slowly got ejected, which wasn't super inspiring to myself. I was pretty disappointed that I didn't manage my energy better there. Um but yeah, things to learn. Um, when it got to the base of the next climb, the groups had come back together and um, to a degree, there was a lot of stragglers, myself included. Um, but yeah, uh, we still, we're still able to execute our team plan. It just happened a lot earlier than we assumed. And um, yeah, Stina and Evita were able to help Celie towards the bottom of the climb. And then it was up to her from there and it sounded like it was ridden really hard. So, yeah, definitely one of the hardest stages. Probably didn't expect the win to play such a huge factor. But, yeah, I think it makes the racing really exciting, gives me something to to work on. And it certainly, um, yeah, would have been awesome to watch, to be honest, just to see all the groups splitting and coming back together and going and who was where and who got, who missed the group and who didn't. And, yeah, it was amazing. So... Yes, Elisa Longo Borghini fought back a lot of time, which is super impressive. And so Celie's got to work pretty hard tomorrow, uh, all of us together, to try and claw back some GC time. But yeah, I'm truly loving it. I actually, although I've been suffering a lot um, every day with multiple things, I just really actually enjoy racing every day. Like I like getting up and racing every day. So yeah. Mm-hmm. And then on another note, um, it's definitely worth mentioning the young Kiwi rider who has just been riding phenomenally this week, Michaela Harvey. Um, it's great from my point of view to see the the young New Zealanders and, of course, Australians coming through the ranks. But, um, you know, the Kiwis 
haven't necessarily had the, the same support. They don't have a professional team like um, Mitchell and Scott that they can use as a pathway. So some of these young writers coming through, um, kudos to them. And she is writing really, really well. And when Vanderbregen attacked, she, she had a crack. She didn't hold back and think, oh, maybe um, – you know, our reserve, she just gave it everything and ended up third on the stage. So that's a brilliant result for her. And she's still in that young rider's jersey and fifth overall. She only lost 31 seconds to Lisa Longaborghini and Anna Vanderbregen, who are two of the absolute tip-top riders of the sport. And that is so impressive from this young rider. I mean, she's 22 years old and she's been on Polycar for two years. She was on Bigla last year. But before that, she was on Team Illuminati, which is a very odd team in the U.S. Yeah. <laughs> so they they Very <laughs> weird team. They barely race, really. Yeah. And... She was on the team when the Schneider sisters were on it. So Skylar Schneider, who's on uh, now, is on Bowls. But it's just a very odd team. And the one they have- year they just were pretty much racing. Well, they were racing whatever races the the Schneiders could win, essentially. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Um. They the one thing that I really liked about that team is that they all they wear all black, which I just think is really really interesting. Like, there's no logos on their jerseys at all. Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a good point. I forgot about that. Yeah, it's um, very odd. This team is very odd. They've not raced a single race this year, but they do have a team this year. Interesting. Okay, we'll have to see what 2021 brings for the team. But um, <laughs> I, I just think in general it's worth noting that this Giro has been really exciting and off the back of the Rona times, um, it's it's been great to see certain riders emerging Um from that lockdown just stronger than ever and for me it feels like corona didn't even happen actually (laughs) and that we're just in the middle of the racing season and everyone is doing their thing and our favorites are up there again but then we've got these young riders coming through and yeah it's just been really great and um i'm sad that tomorrow's the last day it it is really a bummer tomorrow's last day it's been so fun to watch and like I think it's worth noting Cash and Iwadoma started the day in pink because, um, like we talked about yesterday, Annemiek Van Vluten crashed out, crashed in yesterday's stage in the final kilometer and broke her left wrist. So she's out for the world championships and the rest of the season. And so that meant that Kasha started today in pink and she put up a pretty good fight. I mean, she, she, did. she would have been absolutely th- thrilled to be in the pink jersey like bar like barring the circumstances like no one wants to take the pink jersey that way but I think she'll be pretty gutted to have lost it and she's lost it by a minute and 10 seconds so tomorrow is gonna be she will not give up she will not her, back down. she'll come out exactly a hundred percent because that's the sort of rider yeah. she is and the sort of person she is but yeah it was it, it is hard a, another great rider another great person to see her she really fought hard, but you could see she just did not have the legs. When when Lizzie set the pace, it was pretty it was pretty solid pace, and I was looking at the riders and thinking who looked the best, and for sure it was Eliza. Um, she was looking the best, to be honest. But um, yeah, that's racing and that's stage racing as well. You know, that's just how yeah. it goes. But like like we said, tomorrow I'm sure she'll come out fighting, and there's still one day left, and anything can happen in a tour. So 
for sure. I mean, we we thought two days ago that the GC was all but wrapped up, mm-hmm. and and then look at today. And I mean, Elisa Longoborghini is two minutes and twenty three seconds down. I don't know if she'll be able to take the pink jersey but Cecile Utrip Ludwig is only two seconds off of the podium of the GC of this race so this race is so far from over and tomorrow is going to be so epic it's four circuits of a 26.5 kilometer rate circuit and every single time it's just a climb They do just like (laughs) climb, descend, climb, descend, climb, descend. So it's going to be a brutal day tomorrow. And it favors Cash and Iwadoma, actually, I feel like. I mean, the way that she's riding right now and also how how absolutely fearless she is on descents, Mm -hmm. it really favors her as a rider. So it'll be, oof, tomorrow, tomorrow's... It will be one hell of a stage. Um, And it's going to be really exciting Elisa, of course, is still going to have a crack. Um, For sure. Because, I mean, Trek Segafredo is going to absolutely pull out all the stops to try to get Elisa farther up yeah. on the general classification or another win. Is this course tomorrow, is this something we can perhaps expect at the Worlds? I think that tomorrow is a pretty good look at how the World Championships is going to go, how, who, what the riders that are going to contest Worlds are going to, mm-hmm. are going to look like. I think the Worlds course is a shorter climb that they do more times, mm-hmm. but yeah, tomorrow is a good first shout at how we're going to see Worlds go in like what, six days. It's coming up so quickly. Yep. The riders that are contest going to contest the win tomorrow and are going to contest Worlds are going to be the riders that we've seen already. You know, it's going to be Mariana Voss and Cecile Utrecht-Ludwig, Elisa Longobergini, Cashini Udoma, Anna Vandebregen. Like, those are the riders that are going to be contesting the win tomorrow and going to be contesting Worlds. I mean, I'd love to see a couple other riders up there, and for sure there are some that are just so, 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 so close to those riders in terms of fitness and and being able to put in perf- performances that, you know, that turn heads Mm-hmm. I don't know what mm-hmm. I'm trying to say. And the riders know that too. They know that tomorrow is a test for Worlds and they're going to try to kind of suss out who they need to watch for the World Championships. Interestingly. No, I think we might say the same thing. I don't know. But, um, well, the thing is right now we're racing as trade teams, right? But in a week's time that all changes and you're no longer teammates anymore. That's, yeah, that's the interesting thing is like, Elisa Longo-Borghini and Lizzie Dagnan are favorites to win the world championships for sure in my mind. And they will no longer be a duo at the world championships. This is what I love about cycling. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, people have said that, you know, we should race worlds as trade teams. No, absolutely not. I love it that for this like one race of the year, they completely switch everything up and it's like, all right, you're no longer (laughs) teammates. (laughs) And the great thing is you actually, they know everything about each other and how they race. So um, even though they're teammates, they're also competitors at the same time. Um, So they know, yeah, they know each other inside out, which I just find the most fascinating thing. I mean, it it adds another level to the racing, right? Because right now, Elisa Longo-Borghini doesn't know 
she knows Anna Vanderbeek and they've been racing together for a really long time, but she doesn't know exactly how Anna Vanderbeek is feeling. She doesn't know the inner workings of her mind and she hasn't been, you know, rooming with her for weeks and weeks because Trek Segafredo and uh, much of the other teams have been on the road together for a really long time at this point. Mm. So it does add like this whole other interesting level of racing. And also when say Elise Longaborghini wins worlds, Lizzie Dagnan is going to be the first to give her a hug after the race is over. And oh yeah. And if it wasn't Corona times and they could go to a bar afterwards, maybe they still will. She'd yeah, be buying absolutely. the first round because that's just how cycling is. Yeah. It's, it's beautiful. I love it. Uh, one other thing that's kind of interesting about the world championships, which we'll get into uh, in our next preview episode that we do probably pre worlds, depending on calendars, I have to look, but is that Annemiek van Vluten was going to the world championships as the defending world champion, which means that eight Dutch riders are going to be on the start line. But since she was going as the defending world champion and not in one of the slots for the Dutch national team, the Dutch national team will line up with only seven riders instead of eight, which I Uh mean, that's a lot of riders. Dutch the Dutch like do not need any more assistance I feel like they should have a handicap actually and only be able to start with five or four but hey they're down one rider for the worlds yeah but if we actually we'll leave this till next week when we do the preview um otherwise this will just go into a whole nother conversation but I was going to (laughs) say if you look at the composition of the riders who are climbing really well there's not that many Dutch riders it's only one Dutch rider. Mm-hmm. So, so it depends how Voss can... Yeah. We need to talk about this at a later date. For now, yeah. let's <laughs> let's move into Hannah Barnes and what she has to say. And we'll be back tomorrow to talk potentially the most exciting day of this Giro Rosa, which really says a lot. Okay. So we're on to our final stage in this year's Giro Rosa. Um, today, there was quite strong wind predicted so we were pretty on our toes from the start and we had every right to be because within I think 5k <clears throat> the whole race had split to pieces and there was a group I think of around 20-25 riders at the front um, which me, Kasia and Eleanor were able to be in just keep us safe um, yeah and then from that you just had to stay really aware because at any point if anyone put the hammer down again it was going to split again so yeah, it was one of those days where you just had to concentrate the whole the whole time. Um, and then, yeah, it slowed down and I think three groups um, became one just as we hit the, hit the long GPM climb of seven kilometres. Um, but that was actually pretty steady. Um, a little break got away with pretty much every team in there, but we just made sure that we all just stayed with Kasia and, yeah, we were able to to fix any damage that could happen uh, within those final 30 kilometers. But yeah, we um, we just made sure we stay near the front, stay safe. And yeah, just with the descents here and the road surface, it was it's important to be near the front and out of the, the trouble. Um, and then, yeah, the final 5K was, was brutal. The first 3K was insane. They had an average of, average of 12% for that that 5k 5k final so it was it was really hard and yeah um I'm not actually sure what happened once I I said goodbye to them at the the entrance because 
Yeah, I didn't see any of it, but yeah, I think it was it was raced really hard. Um, Trek were really up for for making it hard. They wanted to get a stage win, and they were able to do that, which is which is really great for them. And yeah, Anna's now taken the overall lead um, from from Kasha holding it today after yesterday's yesterday's crash and Van Vluten having to to abandon, which is a shame. But yeah, I think um, no one was really comfortable having the pink jersey on our hands how we got it but we we made sure that we we did it did it proud and yeah we're just looking forward to going into tomorrow's really really hard race um with the circuits and the, the long climb every time up it so yeah we're just gonna have to make sure we eat well tonight sleep well and then eat well tomorrow morning and make the most of the final day